It's the next level. Welcome, Primers, into this, a new episode of the DC Primetime Podcast as we are into our summer issues of the podcast as well. From the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from Still Afraid of the Dark, I am Rob Martin. (laughs) <laughs> that's ra- that's so, rather fitting. It's yeah, fitting. Yeah, yeah. Also, Caffeine Crew, though, too. Yeah, and that, show, that show as well. But I had yes. to drop that one this time. Had to. Yeah, wh- which we actually can for the next couple weeks uh, going into the next couple months because that's what this podcast, that's what this issue of DC Primetime is all about this week is we're doing something a little differently. We're, we're in the middle of our summer issues, which means obviously the shows aren't weekly. So we, we tend to divert from the path a little bit uh, from what we usually talk about, but we're going to use this opportunity to give you primers a special preview into a new podcast that we're going to be launching next week. As a matter of fact, is when the first episode is going to go up, but you guys are going to get to hear it a little early. Yeah, which is, it's going to be fun. Yeah, you're going to get to hear it early. Uh, I, we do apologize that the audio is a li- little echoey. I think I had a little issue with the mixing board when we recorded it. But, um, you know, the next episode, uh, that should easily be, uh, should be an easy fix to, to figure out what happened there. But yeah, uh, it'll but, be fixed by chapter two. But you can you can hear everything clear as day, though. Still, that's that is definitely not a problem. Yeah, but this um, is a podcast that yeah. you and I have been talking about. Uh, we've mentioned it quite a few times on this podcast as well, uh, called Still Afraid of the Dark. It is a family-friendly Halloween-related podcast. Family-friendly horror and Halloween podcast. Indeed. That's so a, it's, a it's, 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 it's great for families, but there's something definitely in there for the adults uh, that we're doing in this as well, which is kind of fun and different, which is we uh, for each each topic we discuss – uh, I have created a cocktail um, to enjoy along while watching these films. So it was it'll be, uh, I think, the very first episode that you guys are going to get to hear. Uh, and just to bear in mind, though, too, we're still going to go through DC News first before we dump, uh, you know move you over. Not dump you over there, but move you into checking that out. <laughs> um, but um, the first one we're going to talk about is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, where we talk about the old book series. But we also reviewed the brand new Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark film. So, uh, but we're not going to be always just talking about new stuff. We, I know we're the next one coming up. I think we're going to be doing for chapter two is one of my favorites is absolutely sleepy hollow is always one of my favorite things. Not, yep. we're not talking the TV show. We're talking the classic 19. Uh, oh my God. I think it's like the 1960s version of, uh, the, you know, uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow and the the story of Ichabod Crane from Disney. No, or 60s. It's... You're in 1949. No, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, it is one of the earlier Disneys, and it was a combination. Yeah, the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so you'll get to hear us talk about that. And then uh, honestly, too, uh, it just, 
it's a schlocky movie, but it's a movie I still love is uh, Tim Burton's uh, Sleepy Hollow as well. So with Johnny Depp. Yeah. So it'll be a fun to kind of roll through that one. And uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be having guests join us, you know, in and out every every episode. Uh, and I think we decided we're going it's going to release normally on Thursdays, I believe. Uh, so, Lead, yep. Every Thursday starting next Thursday, which is September 12th, mm-hmm. uh, every Thursday starting September 12th, leading up to Thursday, October 31st, Halloween. Oh, I thought we were starting this Thursday, but I could be wrong. Oh, no, I think you're right. I think this, this I Thursday, because we we're doing nine. We're doing nine. We're going to do nine episodes yep. instead of eight. That's yep. right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you guys will get to check that out as well um, and be able to kind of go along with us so if you enjoy listening to us i'm so sorry uh you can listen to us <laughs> in another place as well uh so yeah that'll be a ton of fun to do um yeah i'm looking forward to it me too yeah so we're going to we're going to give you our dose of dc news as we usually do every week uh and then we're going to jump right into a special preview and it's under an hour so you it's not anything that's too long we're going to try and keep each of these episodes every week under an hour as best as we can. Yeah, I think uh, it's so like, was it like about 50 minutes or so, give or take? Yeah, I think the the final cut of the podcast was 52 minutes. So, you know, we're right where we need to be. And, you know, time wise when it comes to that. And I'm so looking, for, you know, you mentioned Sleepy Hollow for chapter two of the podcast, but we have some great ideas not ideas they're already done um great themes for future chapters of the podcast that we're going to be doing everything from you're going to hear us talk about hocus pocus ghostbusters um i think monster squad's going to be in there monster squad's going to be but then like deep cuts like the worst witch with feruza balk and tim curry you know like we're gonna have fun like we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of cool and unique things and i think that's going to be something just really neat to kind of go back to. And I can tell you, Ben and I have been just geeking out, listening to like fun old Halloween music already. Like we're already in the spirit. Uh, And it's a great way for us to celebrate. And I I can't wait to be able to have everybody check the show out and just enjoy it. There's also going to be a video component too on how to make the drinks over on uh, facebook.com slash, is it just next level? Uh, no, the Next Level Network. The Next yeah. Level on Facebook, yeah. So facebook.com slash the Next Level Network. You'll be able to see videos there, too, on how to make the drinks. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to do. Like I said, it, if it goes well, we'll do something like this again next year. But it'll be a way for our, you guys to continue to kind of follow along with us. Uh, and I'm sure there will probably be another project here and there, too, that we'll, oh, we'll yeah, be kicking sure. around, um, you know, post-crisis of uh, where you can hear us a little bit more on the regular during the off season. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh... let's jump into the news. All right, cool. So uh, obviously we're talking about the stories from the last two weeks. There's a fair amount to talk about. So let's kick off with Supergirl. So iZombie star Raw Cauley is actually going to be uh, going back into the mix of Supergirl. So, uh, we saw him a couple seasons ago uh, previously uh, where he played Biomax. So it sounds like Jack Sphere is coming back indeed again because uh, we did see him saved before the end of that episode. So uh, we'll be definitely seeing him in the mix again there again soon. So that'll be kind of cool to see. I know he was he's honestly was such a breakout from iZombie, especially with that show Rap Nail in the CW. So so we'll be seeing him again soon. 
Yeah. Uh, but let's jump into some Legends of Tomorrow news because uh, we have a couple big ones to talk about. But we're going to get the small ones out of the way first. Uh, first, uh, we have Terry Chen, who was in uh, Jessica Jones, is going to be joining the show as Genghis Khan uh, in an episode of season five. So we'll uh, we'll have a lot to enjoy about that. We know the episode is titled Mortal Kombat. So, <laughs> uh, and that's actually being directed by first-time director Katie Lotz, so, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, as we talked about, I think, even in the last episode, it's really great to see the fact that they are giving the opportunity to so many people to get behind the camera for the first time, um, you know, between all these stars. So it'll be really cool to see Katie get behind the camera finally. Yeah. Uh, so the other big story that we missed a couple weeks ago uh, with that is the fact that uh, Brandon Routh and Courtney Ford are to depart the series of Legends of Tomorrow as series regulars. So I'm so sad by yeah, this. it's it's it, it's we're going to be down to two two of the originals remaining. So and it sounds like they're going to be exiting fairly early on uh, in this season. Uh, it sounds like um, they the way that they discussed about it is uh, they. They're expected to film their final episode in October, so it sounds like most likely uh, probably the first batch of episodes is uh, where we're going to see them say goodbye. So it'll be a shame to see Ray, but it sounds like this was not either Ralph or Ford's plan to do so. This was purely on the side of the writers kind of wrapping up their storyline. Uh, because most likely, and I think that's the one thing about to always remember about the show, is that cast is always kind of cycled through. And we've we've had new members join in, and I think they're just trying to find ways to continue to make the show fresh. Uh, but it's going to be sad to see the heart of the team disappear. So yeah, it's it's one of the blessings and the curses of that show is that it, there's always there's always turnaround when it comes to the characters. But you know, and that's the blessing of it is that you can do something new and fresh with the show by adding in different a new and different cast member. But it, it the curse comes to like you mentioned. Brandon, who's been there since the beginning of the show and how many people feel he's the heart of the show at this point, you know, between him and Nate and the relationship that they have to, to have to say goodbye to, to them is is really sad. Yeah. But like I said, you know, I think that show still has another this season and maybe one more season in it. Like, you know, we thought this year might have been the end, but we did find out officially nothing's wrapping up this year aside from Arrow. Um, I think it's very, very possible it's uh, once this is done that we might have a, a farewell season shortly behind that show. Hey, um, and we hey, still get knows? to see, we still get to see Brandon put on the Kingdom Come Superman suit before he leaves. Yeah, which is going to be fantastic. And bear in mind, though, too, they did say we will be seeing these characters again sometime. Uh, it is not goodbye forever. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about still. Uh, but, yeah, it's a shame to see both of them leave. But I think it's really great that because they kind of found each other like they did in real life. Yeah, that uh, that's that's why it kind of wraps up their story arc. So. Um, so, OK, uh, let's slide into the movie realm because there was quite a bit. Uh, so a big upcoming film that comes out this coming Thursday night is it chapter two from Andy Machete. Uh, but we did find out something kind of cool so we've been waiting for quite some time about that flash movie uh and what its status was we knew the script's been done for quite a while uh, but it sounds like they finally found their director in andy machete he has officially confirmed while doing press tours uh for it chapter two that he is going to be making the flash his very next project so he said pretty much uh, they're going to be kicking off 
uh, really, really soon on getting that movie going because everything's kind of ready to rock and they're going to be going into pre-production in the next couple months. So really kind of exciting. And so I think it's a really brilliant choice because uh, I think Warner Brothers realized that they have kind of a, a, a hit director on their hands with him. And uh, I heard nothing but praise from... I, I've yet to see the remake of it, but I'm already hearing a ton of praise for Chapter 2. So, uh, And I, I think- yeah, I'm... I'm going to see it this week. I, I love chapter one. And as you said, chapter two has already been getting a lot of great advanced word. And the one piece of advanced word that really gets me excited more than anything else is the fact that the one piece of casting I was most looking forward to uh, is the one that apparently steals every scene he's in. And that's Bill Hader. Yeah. So, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll, uh, As, we'll know more soon, but that's, uh, you know, congrats to congrats to congrats to the, uh, you know, the directors there for uh, to, for landing such a huge project. I think this is going to be a huge win for him. And so. you know what? As far as the Flash movie goes, look, I, I I had my reservations about Justice League and, you know, the, the other DC films. And I love Grant as the Flash on TV, but I'm opening I'm, I'm open to seeing what they do. With I because I believe it's still Ezra Miller that's cast as the Flash, and I and he was fun in Justice League. Like they they yeah. had a lot of fun with him, and it, it, seeing that expanded out and kind of going from a comedic superhero, um, that's a little bit more lighthearted. I, I think this is a perfect director choice because comedy and horror really play hand in hand. Uh, if you can make somebody afraid, you can make somebody laugh. Uh, yeah. And uh, what better proof of that than Todd Phillips' Joker film? Talk about a segue right there, huh? <laughs> well done. <laughs> so the recent new Joker movie trailer has just released earlier this week, uh, oh, right ahead of its re- you know the film's first showing at the Venice Film Festival, which was just two days ago. Uh, we got all the reactions yesterday morning, and the movie is getting glowing reviews everywhere i have it's i think right now on rotten tomatoes it's sitting about an 86 and i think a lot of the negatives i heard was like some a little bit more about the unsettling nature of it and some of even people were like is this was this film necessary but it, it the fact that people were equating this movie to a next classic in the same way that things like taxi driver dog day afternoon and a clockwork orange. <laughs> That's like hearing, huge hearing accolades. Hearing those three movies brought up and said this film stands alongside them. That's insane to hear. Like, yeah. what's the last time you've heard of a movie with that kind of renown? And again, I, Todd Phillips, everybody thinks of him as the hangover guy. And the fact that he brought this this picture to life, I think, is amazing. And I prove me if I'm wrong. You said what it was a how 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 big was the elevation? Eight minutes. It was an eight-minute-long standing ovation at Venice Film Festival this past weekend. That's insane. That's super That's cool. That's ridiculous. I mean, you know, I like one of my all-time favorite movies, if not my all-time favorite movie, is The Shawshank Redemption. And even that movie, as wonderful as it is, has never been compared to, like, Taxi Driver and Dog Day Afternoon. I mean, you're talking tonally two different movies anyway. But... Uh, you know, from the, the grittiness of Taxi Driver and Dog Day Afternoon, comparing it to Todd Phillips' Joker, um, all I have to say is, holy shit, I cannot wait to see this movie. Well, what's kind of crazy, too, is I, everybody forgets that Martin Scorsese is actually a producer on this film. So I love the fact that you have this cinematic titan, uh, you know, also behind the scenes working with Todd Phillips, and they essentially created a classic together. Um, so... 
IGN is notorious with uh, the way that it reviews a lot of its superhero stuff. They gave it a 10 out of a 10. Well, I mean, and you know what? And the other thing I want to look at, you know, you look at too, when you just look at the looking at the casting of this movie, you know, Joaquin really only does choose those interesting roles now where the, they're the kind of roles where he kind of has to approach a metamorphosis to go into the character. It's not he doesn't like doing just simple jumps in the characters. He likes characters that he really has to dive into because that's the kind of actor that he is now. But, you know, also look at the fact that De Niro is in this movie. I really don't think De Niro would have taken this role if he didn't read the script and say, okay, I want to do this. Well, I mean, you know, I, everything I was reading, they said it's this is a character study about poverty and mental illness from start to finish. And I heard one of the things is if, again, this is they, the rating for this is a hard R. And they said it is a real hard R. They said the movie is, the violence in it, it can be very unsettling. So if you're a person that is has a difficult time with it, they really recommend it to steer far away. Uh, they said that this movie is not for you. Um, and that could be where some of those negative scores are coming into play, of uh, some of the intensity of it. But I ha I've heard nothing but like all of these statements pretty much saying that when you watch the film, they make you empathize with a monster, but they never romanticize him. And I, they said that was what was such an amazing takeaway from this movie. But they said it plays really great to the connection of what happened. It's happening today um, from a perspective of 1981. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that means and what they're doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, for sure. That's like, uh, but man, uh, I'm excited. It, it sounds like they have a massive hit on their hands. We already know there's Todd Phillips and Joaquin are not coming back to do any kind of sequel whatsoever. They said this is purely meant to be something special that they wanted to do once we know Todd Phillips was working for a year to get Warner Brothers to say yes to doing this project. Uh, so I'm I'm very happy that Warner Brothers pulled the trigger on it or allowing this to exist. This is the first DC film that we're going to have in theaters that's not part of any, any kind of form of cinematic universe. And they're saying, hey, this is this this is us saying we are allowed to do whatever we want to do. And I think that's really great. And I think this is going to give them the ability to take a lot more chances and saying, hey, if we wanted to make a, a, a Red Sun movie, we can make Red Sun. Um, you know, if we wanted to do all these other little pieces that are these classic single stories, they have an opportunity to do them. And I think we may start seeing more and more chances being taken now with, with this property line. And I think that's great. I, I really am excited to see what Warner Brothers considers after they get the continued reception of this film. Me too. And it's also interesting to note, too, that this I think this is the first time we've heard of any movie from the DC universe, whether it be connected to the DC EU like we know already or standalone like this one. But this is the first one that we're hearing of that is that has the words Oscar buzz attached to it. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, we're hearing already from again from yesterday so far that they said there's probably no way that Joaquin doesn't get a nod, the cinematographer, Todd Phillips, and potentially for best film. So they definitely said uh, at least a minimum of three uh, nods will definitely happen for this film. They said it's almost impossible for them to not. So um, that's that's that would be awesome to see a uh, a big couple big wins because I think yeah, the, la the last absolutely. the last time there was a major Oscar win for a comic book film, and I'm not talking about like effects work and editing and things like that or sound, uh, more like director, cinematographer, actor, 
was The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. So uh, the last time another Joker was done. So uh, it's it's really, really awesome because I isn't it weird that out of that out of all characters from from superhero movies that get nominated for Oscars, it's the Joker. I'm not surprised because it's a really interesting role. I think it's and so much can be done with it when done right. So, yep, I'm excited. I'm incredibly excited. This buzz made made my expectations go through the roof. And I know a lot of people are saying, why is this being done? This is essentially just Taxi Driver 2. I'm I'm excited to see what it's going to be. I really, really am. So I am as well, awesome. and hopefully we get hopefully we get a screening of it, like we have Wonder Woman and stuff, and yeah, and such. So if and if we do, we will absolutely do an episode, yeah, uh, as a early review of Joker. Absolutely. So all right, well, let's move past that into another film that we're starting to hear more and more about. And actually, I just closed that link accidentally. Well, oh, well. did we <laughs> did we finish uh, the Suicide Squad casting? Well, no, I, I, I've got I've got that to come still, too. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so, but what I was about to say, though, is we found out a little bit more about Birds of Prey. Um, basically, we have found out that oh, that's right. the, we the trailer <laughs> is going to be getting released very, very soon. A whole bunch of shots have come out from it. Uh, there are some rumblings that it's the trailer has been attached to some screenings of the extended cut of Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I have not seen any formal reports breaking that trailer down at this point in time, so it may just be in like test or select audiences. My guess is we'll probably be seeing that in about a week or so. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled because a lot of shots are coming out of that trailer for that for that trailer coming out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you can definitely check out some more shots about that over on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash DC Primetime. But in addition to that, another movie we're incredibly excited about, also starring Harley Quinn, is uh, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. So right off the bat, we have found out, and James Gunn has confirmed that just like every other film he does, whether it's been Slither, Guardians of the Galaxy, so on and so forth, but it's going to be a very music-heavy film, as always. So they said definitely expect that kind of love to music being throughout this film from start to finish. So he said he's already got tons and tons of plans, and he cannot wait to kind of go through it. But in addition to that, though, we've gotten a lot of new reports on some casting and potential casting. So right off the bat, one that has been confirmed is comedian Steve Aggie is going to be playing King Shark. AG. Oh, AG is, is, AG, playing, yep. is playing King Shark, so which will be really cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how that comes into play into the and mix. He's a, and he's another James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy alum, too. Yeah, yeah. So He plays uh, one of the Reavers. Yep, he does. So we'll be seeing him into the mix. Uh, but in addition to that, though, too, we also have gotten um, big rumors that Nathan Fillion has been uh, getting added to the cast as well. So obviously everybody was kind of saying it would be hysterical if uh, if he got cast as Firefly. <laughs> Firefly. That would be so great if that happened. Uh, but it's really kind of awesome to see that 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 could be the case. But it's uh, apparently he, he's been uh, joining the, uh, as an undisclosed role. Obviously, we know he's worked with uh, with Gunn back on Slither back in 2006 and had a couple small roles in uh, Guardians of the Galaxies Volume 1 and Volume 2. So. I think it'd be really cool to kind of see him kind of slide into something interesting there, but really looking forward to it. Obviously, this is also not his first outing into uh, the universe of DC because he does voice Green Lantern in a lot of the DC animation films. Uh, most recently, I think he was in Reign of the Superman. So, yeah. Uh, but in addition to that, the other one that also gets me very excited and also tied to a Green Lantern film uh, is Taika Watane. Uh So we're going to also apparently be seeing him 
is in a different role in uh, Suicide Squad as well. Uh, also, is an undisclosed role. So that means if we get Taika, Nathan Fillion, and Idris Elba that we all don't know who they're playing, how awesome is that? <laughs> so It's already so much of an amazing cast that I really don't care who they're playing. <laughs> I don't it's either. Gonna, you know, it, it's quite it's going to be fun. Uh, oh, there was one story because I didn't have it up. I want to go back to the way, way back machine from when we first started the news. Uh, so there is because we're talking about other films uh, and we jokingly talked about Mortal Kombat with the Mortal Kombat from uh, the which would have been a perfect segue uh, was that in Supergirl, uh, we are saying goodbye to McCad Brooks this year, but we missed a news story last week where we could tell you where McCad Brooks is going to be heading next. He'll be playing Major Jackson Briggs in the upcoming Mortal Kombat film that has a cast that is truly amazing so far. Uh, and I cannot wait to see. So uh, so congrats to McCad for landing that role. So I think he's going to be a, an awesome, awesome choice. Yeah, that's amazing casting for Jax. That's yeah. it's so good. All right. Uh, we're getting down to the last couple of news stories here. So Titan Season 2, the full trailer, has been released uh, early this past week. And if you haven't had a chance to check that out, make sure to, again, head over to the Facebook page. You can see that there. But what was kind of cool, though, too, is the Titan showrunner actually came out a little bit and said uh, how and they're actually getting to get the characters that they're getting. So I'll, I'll leave you with this statement from them. And this is from uh, Greg Walker. It says, you know what's funny about this is a lot of times we have to go uh, throw out ideas and names to our partners at DC and Warner Brothers to see who is clear. And sometimes you never realize that there may be a movie coming, a movie coming out three years from now that has that character. So we have Brian Miller in the room. We have some really glorified comic personalities in there. They throw out names and we come up with a storyline. Before we go too deep, we have to call our partners at DC and they'll be like, ah, oh, no, that one's taken. Or, uh, no, no, uh, thought about that. And Jeff Johns is a genius at that. He's like, I'll leave, I'll leave it open that anything's possible, providing that we can make it through the DC Warner Brothers Matrix to get the characters that we need. So that gives you an idea also on how the other shows run for, you know, the CW. Basically, if they have a really big thing about it, um, there may be a way to do that. Uh, so I think nothing is truly off the table if they have a good reasoning behind why and what they're doing. So I think we'll be able to see a little bit more about that. And that maybe comes into play on how Crisis on Infinite Earths kind of plays out. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the last two little bits here is if you are also a gaming fan, um, talking about Mortal Kombat once again, is we did get confirmation like about two weeks ago now that Joker has been officially announced for the end of the season one pack of uh, DLC characters. Unfortunately, Joker looks horrible. <laughs> Visually, <laughs> he, he uh, I've heard a lot of there's a lot of still shots that have been out there where there is a, uh, a Joker from a porn film and he almost looks identical to the porn parody Joker. Uh, oh, it, it does not look good. And I, I think NetherRealm Studios has sta stated that they're going to consider changing the model because it does look really, really bad. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but also one final story about gaming as well that came out of nowhere this past week, but earlier this week. Uh, so uh, as many people remember, Batman Season 2 of Telltale was the almost end, was the end of Telltale. Uh, that was some of the last projects they released before that studio shuttered its doors. 
Uh, obviously, when a, a major corporation closes or a group closes, that usually their rights, their license rights that they hold, end up going and being sold off to a holding company. So apparently, there is a group that recently bought the rights to Telltale and some of the properties that they still would have held. That includes currently, as far as we know, A Wolf Among Us, which is based on the Fables universe, and Telltale's Batman. So it sounds like Telltale's coming back under a new group. Uh, they said they're going to keep things very small, but they said they're looking at trying to maybe create a season three of Telltale's Batman as one of their first projects. They said that studio is not going to kind of balloon up. Uh, they're talking about trying to, these new people running the studio are going to try to bring back some of the old talent uh, from Telltale previously to be able to kind of continue along what Telltale began. So I think that'd be really cool to see if we got to see that continue on. So yeah, uh, maybe, for sure. I mean, those we'll games know, are a lot of fun. Maybe we'll know a little bit more something like around sometime next year. Uh, but yeah. that's that wraps it up for the news. So cool. So let's uh, let's knock out a couple re, uh, recommendations and some cheap plugs, and then we can introduce people to this new podcast. But yeah, so um, my recommendation for this week it might be one that you share as well. Um, it's it's kind of cheesy for us to mention it on a DC podcast, but I don't care. The Great British Bake Off has returned. Uh-huh. And if you are a person that watches that show normally, this is the very first time Netflix is going to be airing those episodes weekly as they come out, which is really cool that people can kind of play along with uh, the folks while they're watching over in Britain. Yeah, it's, so, it's really cool. So, so I'm getting caught up on the last two seasons before I get into the season. Um, but yeah, it's it's I love the show so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's you know what it is. It is. It is a calming, relaxing show. It, it it puts you and it puts you in a good mood. I've never been in a bad mood watching Great British Bake Off. I know it sounds stupid as hell, uh, but man, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly love that show. That is my go-to. I need to unwind show, and I've I, I can tell you, I've watched every season of that show at least five or six times each from start to finish. And um, it is a show that makes me hungry. Oh my god. I love their, their food, and I've made some of their food. It's actually it's actually got me baking again, uh, which is quite fun. So yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a great, 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 great show. If you've never watched it and you do like cooking shows, I would say this show is the king of cooking shows currently. There's nothing that I think that can beat it because again, it's you've got these judges that are unlike every American judge you've ever seen. The casts, no lie, there. If you ever want to have a good heartwarming moment, almost every cast that has ever been put together have all become lifelong friends. Where they show up at each other's weddings, they get together all the time, visit each other. They do these great, like in most seasons, kind of like where are they now since post competition, and it's 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 awesome. I love the show. It, it kind of has this perfect blend of just you know a peaceful vibe, but also like this this positive just. This positivity just oozes out of the show. I love it. I'm going to share yeah. your recommendation. So Okay. I figured you probably would. Um, actually, you know what? I'll throw another one out there, though, too. Um, okay. So I have not played a, a MMO for a very, very long time. I recently got sucked into Final Fantasy fourteen, And dear God, that's all I've been able to think about for almost like the last, <laughs> yeah, let's say, three weeks. And uh, man, I will say, if you're somebody that hasn't played an MMO in a very, very long time, that it is truly just wonderfully fun and there's a lot of great quality of life stuff where you can solo a good chunk of the game without having to, to meet up with folks. It has actually got a really in-depth story and a lot of people are saying with the new expansion that just came out a couple months ago is one of the absolute best Final Fantasy stories ever done. 
And uh, from what I'm seeing so far, it is exceptional. Uh, but if you want to check it out, you can play on PS4. Uh, or you can also play on Steam. And uh, you can jump in. I think there is a free demo where you can play up to level 35 for free before uh, you have to purchase the software. So, uh, But really a ton of fun. So I highly recommend That's, And I have not touched a Final Fantasy game probably since Final Fantasy VIII, I think. So, yeah, it's been a long time since I've played any kind of Final Fantasy game. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a, it's a ton of fun. Especially cool. for an MMO, because usually I hate hate playing online. Any I know you do, and which is I know it's kind of surprising to hear this. Uh yeah, no, me, uh, Cat, our friend Josh, uh, a whole bunch of our friends from Jersey uh, are all playing together. So there's probably about like maybe fifteen or twenty of us at least. So it's uh it is way too much fun. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so cheap plugs. Uh, of course, you can listen to this podcast as well as all other podcasts as part of the Next Level Podcast Network at thenextlevelnetwork.com, facebook.com slash thenextlevelnetwork, the Facebook page for this podcast, which is facebook.com slash DC Prime Time. And as always, you can find me at thenextlevelnetwork.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Uh, the next episode is getting recorded this coming Thursday. I know we're about a week late on that one, but scheduling, scheduling, scheduling. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, but we are going to be doing an episode on uh, kind of how we consume, you know, actual entertainment now in a digital future. So uh, that will be a really kind of interesting one to kind of break down. But also don't forget this coming Thursday to make sure to subscribe to Still Afraid of the Dark. I'm going to turn you back over to Ben. Yeah, so this coming Thursday, uh, probably, I think, in the afternoon. It's not going to be a morning release because there's already another podcast on the network that releases first thing in the morning. But uh, so probably around three or four o'clock in the afternoon is when you'll see it. Maybe as I'd say as late as six, it would be the latest it would be released. But we're going to be recording these ahead of time so that we can put them right out every Thursday, which is very convenient for us. Uh, but every Thursday, starting this Thursday, September 5th, leading all the way up to Halloween, you can hear a new chapter of Still Afraid of the Dark. Uh, you can subscribe to it. If you want, the easiest way to subscribe to it would be to either follow the Facebook page uh, for Next Level Network, which is facebook.com. Again, facebook.com slash the Next Level Network, or go to the nextlevelnetwork.com slash still afraid and all of the links for subscribing, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everything will be right on that page. So. But I think with that being said, we're going to get out of here for this segment uh, and we're going to turn it over to our advanced preview of Still Afraid of the Dark, Chapter One, uh, Scary Stories, in which, as Rob mentioned, we review uh, the film that just released in theaters and we talk about the book series and what it meant to our childhoods. And we introduce you to a drink themed to scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, and uh, before we forget, next episode, we review episode one of Titans season two. Yeah, that's right. That'll be out by then. That's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that being said, as always, we um, stick around after this for the free preview of, well, the podcast can be free too. So uh, for the advanced preview of Still Afraid of the Dark, the new podcast to the Next Level Podcast Network. But until next time for us, we'll see you guys further on around the bend. Take care. Peace. Where is my 
voice groaned. You've got it! Welcome to Chapter 1 of Still Afraid of the Dark. From the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Rob Martin. And I am Ben Beck. So this is our new show that you and I have been wanting to do for a couple been, months now. We've been talking about this for a while, and we've been yeah. really excited to do this. And this is our preview slash pilot episode. Right, so yes. expect probably over... We're doing about like 8 to 10 of these, I yeah. think, between September through October. Maybe one carrying early November, depending. Depending on how many we have. Right, right, yeah. right. So, uh, but basically what this show is going to be is you and I, and then random friends will be joining us. Yep. And we're going to be talking about... As we jokingly put it, something old, something new. We don't have anything borrowed, but we have something booze. That's right. So, um, yep. so basically, we're going to be talking about a lot of family friendly stuff. It's kind of all family friendly horror, horror stuff, though. So scary like, things like that. Right. Yeah. So it's good entryways if you're introducing your kids to something, and they're about maybe like you know early tweens ages. And it's also with, and, and it's also good for us because we're going to hit a little bit of nostalgia as we're going along right, too because there's certainly some things we have on the docket for these episodes that were from when we were younger but we still enjoy. Right. So, so yeah. But I know so um why don't we kick off what this one's going to be but we'll give you a fair warning um through this, probably don't expect the next episode to be quite the same. It'll probably be more like you, me, and one other person. This is something special we're doing. Yeah. So, because we're kicking this off. Well, not but, only that, too. Also keep in mind that because this is a preview slash pilot episode, as with anything, uh, there might be some changes as we go forward, other than just people. You know, the format might change a little bit. So, don't be too surprised if next episode's a little bit different yeah. than this one. Um, That's so, what happens. Uh, so again, this is chapter one, so or as we like to call it, the tale of the scary story. So we'll be talking about scary st- uh, stories to tell in the dark this episode, which is going to be the book series and also the brand new movie. But um, why don't you introduce us to who is with us today? Yeah, so we do have some guests that are with us this week. And the reason why they're joining us this week is because we did go and see Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, and we were all together in the theater when we saw it. So we figured it was a good group to bring in. Uh, that's probably the only reason we would have ever invited them into this podcast because they were in the theater with us. That's totally not true. They've all done podcasts with us before. I was going to say, essentially, this is a Caffeine Crew cast of podcasts where we're essentially recording our Halloween episode two months early. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but just going around, we have your wife, Kat. Hi. So you could say hello. Uh, we have our friend, Aaron. Hello. And TJ. I do not know why I'm here. Dude, <laughs> he's like I saw the movie, and I don't like most horror. So, yeah, this is why I don't know why I'm here. I mean, we have to admit, I kind of dragged him to the movie. I said, <laughs> "We are going, and you're coming with." <laughs> so, but yeah, we're going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about the book series, which is what kicked off the entire movie that we got. Uh, but how do we want to handle the booze part? Well, we can talk about it now, and because it may impact our decisions and our discussions. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's so very, very true. What we're going to be doing, and that's something special for this show, is there's going to be a video component, which is something that Ben and I have never done for a show. So for every episode, I have created a drink that matches the story or what we're specifically talking about. So I like so. how we're talking family-friendly horror, but we're bringing oh, booze into it. Well, with so, drinks. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I can also tell you how to make this a mocktail, though. That's actually not that difficult. So oh, there you go. Um, so for this one, though, we're doing a drink called the Red Spot. All of our drinks, minus Ben's, are not red. <laughs> but the one that we show you how to make will actually be red. Where this, unfortunately, wasn't ready and finished being frozen. Um, so, But the drink we're actually having today is it's pineapple juice with ginger beer and black rum. So um, the red to it, though, will actually be a little bit of frozen. Either you can use grenadine or fruit punch frozen on the bottom of the glass, like hardcore frozen, though, not like lightly. Um, that will it will mix things up a little bit. Yeah, but check but, out. Um, hopefully, by the time this episode releases, there will be a Facebook page for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be a video posted on the Facebook page shortly after the podcast releases. Uh, so shortly after you're hearing, by the time you're hearing this, you can probably go to the Facebook page and the video on how to create the drink will be there as well as in the description, we'll put uh, the how-to on the ingredients and the amounts and Super simple. all that yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, But we all have one in our hands right now. We do. what's going to make this interesting. And it is super yummy. It's very tasty. I said fen instead of fun and I've had two sips of this. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm wait, almost wait. finished. Yeah. The cat is almost finished. <laughs> And meanwhile, DJ's double fisting with a with the <laughs> so. Um, but no, I you know like I said, they're going to be relatively shorter episodes. But I figure the good place for us to kind of start this discussion is talk about the book series. I'm sure everybody here has probably seen the book series, read something from them, seen the illustrations, something. Um, and of course, we're talking about scary stories to tell in the dark, more scary stories to tell in the dark, scary stories three, and they're all written by Alvin Schwartz, and we're all illustrated by Stephen Gamble. So, yeah, I uh <clears throat> I refamiliarized myself with the first book. I have not gone back and reread 2 and 3, although it's and it's been a long time since I've read any of them. But I forgot, you know, it it, it is it, it's it's relatively a children's horror book. Uh, you know, children to young teen, young adult, and I unlike any other book in my life, I got through it not only in a day, but I think in an hour, it probably <laughs> took me to reread book sense, one. That makes sense, yeah. So, yeah, because I mean... Each, they were all very short stories. Two pages mm, at yeah. the most was each They were teeny tiny. They were just... It was the illustrations, I feel like, really stood out for that. It's funny. I have a very, like, vivid memory of sitting in my elementary library in second grade being read The Big Toe. I have this just... Oh, my God. I don't remember, yeah, like, I remember yeah. bits and pieces from that time in my yeah. life, like you do, you know, like anybody yeah. does, but that is just a memory that has stuck in my head. I, I remember, for me, it was probably the Scholastic Book Fair at yep. our school. I was oh, going to say that. And, like, seeing, the seeing the head with the pipe sticking out of the ground, mm -hmm. like, and I'm like, that looks really messed up. And I'm like, so I was like, of course I'm going to buy that book. And being like, <laughs> first or second grade, because, I mean, I forgot, that book is as old as I am. Yeah, it came out in 1981. Yeah. So, huh. um... But yeah, so it's it. I remember the illustrations for me were like they messed me up a little bit as a kid growing up. Oh yeah, they were lie. super creepy. So, nope. so I wasn't allowed to read them. Gigi wasn't allowed to have fun as a kid. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's bad. Though I, I knew I wasn't allowed to read them as soon as I saw them. I'm like, my mother's never going to let me read this. So I'm going to read it in the library. Yeah. So I read it in the library. And I thought they were hysterical. Yeah. And I knew the best way to do this would be to take one of the stories, this uh, the story with the woman looking for her uh, her foot. She's coming to the the edge of the guy's bed. Yeah. The big toe. The big oh, the toe. Big toe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, no, it wasn't the big toe. It's the big toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. looking for her toe. Okay. Um, and I memorized that. 
And, um... Oh, God, I know where this is going. Yeah. One night after... <laughs> I, I shared a room with my brother growing up for most oh, of my life. Oh, God. So... Does this story end with you getting kicked out of your house? <laughs> 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 um, no, I told... Uh, like, we went to bed, the lights got turned off, and I said to my brother, Hey, you want to hear a story? <laughs> <laughs> I proceeded to tell him this story yeah. in the dark. <laughs> Like you do, yeah. I mean, that's what any good <laughs> big brother does, yeah. is terrorize the smaller children. I was eight, which meant my brother was six. <laughs> my brother, by the end of it, was screaming in terror because I'm not an idiot. I snuck out of bed and went over to his <laughs> his bed, and when the woman gets there, I hit the edge of the bed. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do, Yeah. yeah. Um, he ran screaming out of the room, and I was grounded for two weeks, and it was worth every moment. <laughs> well, it's funny, because as, as we were kind of getting ready for this podcast, I've, I've been kind of sitting here re-familiarizing myself, because I haven't read reread the book. Uh, but just kind of with stuff on Wikipedia, and it talks a lot about that there were a lot of groups that were criticizing these books. Yes, were, I like, actually have this notes from myself. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, and I'm sitting here going, at, at second grade, I thought the big toy, I was like, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, that's fine, put it in the stew, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, I think the, the, the statistic I found on there was, and it's from Wikipedia, was it says, this, uh, the series is, list, is listed by the American Library Association, blah, Association <laughs> as being the most challenged series of books from the 19th. 1990s, meaning there were more complaints about that series than any other book in the 90s. Most challenged, like, and the seventh most challenged from the 2000. And then just think of this: like, people challenged Harry Potter big time. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh, challenges in like against. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like saying we want this banned. Like this should not be available to purchase. I mean, they're they're listing things like murder, disfigurement, uh, cannibalism, and repulsiveness. It's just really disgusting. Not appropriate for children. These are quotes. Yes. (laughs) Totally appropriate for children. But yeah, in the entire 1990s. So the first book came out in 1981, the second in 84, and the third in 1991. So three books to this day are still. And then I think they said, what was it, like 2012? It was like number seven? Yeah, I made the list again in 2012. Yeah, so. Well, I think a lot of it, like, you know, they, it, to me, when I read them when I was a kid, it felt like it was geared to kids. It didn't feel like it was an adult book. And I think some of it's the brevity. Because they're so short, you don't really get very deep into the perspective. You're not really, like, submerged in, like, sensory details or gruesome, gritty. Like, there's gruesome stuff. The pictures were really, like, oh yeah, one of the most terrifying parts of it. But, like, it wasn't the same as if you were to read like you know an adult horror book well it's, it's, like, it's a campfire story right. like that's the kind of feeling to it and that's exactly, exactly how i took the books when i was younger like i i didn't take the books as in like they were geared for kids i took them as in they were geared for adults to scare the piss out of kids <laughs> yeah, i mean like if you read the nails it, it kind of feels like going back and reading your first joke book. i'm like this is every urban legend story i have pretty much ever heard yeah. like the babysitter from the first book is the this the calls coming from inside the house that's exactly yeah, what that right. story is They read read almost as in like, like if you read the first couple stories from the book, like when I reread it, it reads almost as if like, hey, are you a camp counselor? Here's something for you to take with me. Like that's what it reads as. Yeah. I mean, and you guys are right. It's like no more than two, maybe three or four pages maximum for any of the stories. And that's with like one full page illustration. And it's funny how that when you reread them too, like even the first couple stories, like the gangly man is in the first group, Big Toe is in the first group. 
And it says right in the beginning, this chapter is meant for jump scare. So they the books were almost created for the purpose of scaring people. Right. Yeah. So out of mild curiosity, I looked. Um, so the ALA lists, the American Library Association, yep. lists the top 100 books um, that get... Uh, Banned? Challenged. Challenged, yeah. Okay. By decade... Um, between 1990 and 1999, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was the number one challenge. Oh, yeah. Wow. From 2000 to 2009, it was the number seven. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. To, to give a comparison, uh, where is he? Uh... But you know what? While you're while you're looking that up too, yeah. it's it's almost as if like that's why there were certain people in Hollywood who said this book is challenged. Okay, we're gonna make a movie out of it, <laughs> yeah, just to make it worse. Well, also <laughs> nostalgia right now is huge. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, you know? I mean, especially for like our generation, because like, absolutely everybody at this table is in their thirties and like encroaching forty. Like it's exactly where we're all at. So like for us, this is like prime time to have. Some of us having kids, at, like people this age having kids that are getting close to like eight to ten for mm-hmm. some people, yeah. like in this generation, that's pretty common at this point. So. Now we're we're all rotten people at this table, and absolutely. Uh, so and we're horrible. it makes me. I, I think I already know the answer to this question, but you know, if and when all of us, because none of us at this table have kids at the moment, yeah, we're all planning on it. But you know, when it comes down to the point where our kids are old enough, or at least at the same age we were when we were reading these books. Are we willing to give them these books, or are we going to read them to them to make it worse? Because ah! I feel like I'm the kind of parent that would read it to my kids oh, instead of letting them read it on their own, because See, that gets the, yeah. the the scare across better. See, I just so I view it differently because when I would read, if someone was reading it to me, and this is why I don't do audiobooks either, um, it was always a thousand times worse when it was in my head. So when I would read it. What I could imagine it being was always a thousand times worse than anyone else could read it to me. But the only downside to that is, too, and this was something I noticed rereading it, is like it says, even take using the big toe as another example, when you get to the end, it says to smack a table before saying it. Yeah. So it's telling you what to do. The to cues, the, It's absolutely. giving you the cues, exactly. So I don't know if that would come across the same way reading it first, knowing there's a cue this, for a jump scare. It's going to have TJ come it's to, to our out. house and just, like, here's a small child. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I plan to torture my kid. Exactly. Um, I'm not, like, uh, there's another podcast I listened to that they were telling a story about how their kid came to them and said, my friends were talking about this doll named Chucky. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the serial killer doll. You mean it's real? Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that too. Um, what show are you talking about? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm going to do crap like that. I'm going to, you know, as I'm saying goodnight to my kid, get, you know, as I'm closing the door, I'm going to flip off the light and go, don't let the monster under the bed eat you close. <laughs> and then I'm going to look at my wife and very pleasantly oh. go, your problem. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God, I, I really hope your second wife is a lot better than I am. <laughs> but yeah, it's like putting your kid to bed and as you're closing the door, don't wake George in the closet. Yeah. I mean, 
I really think as Just a parent, you're you're to totally allowed to traumatize your child because they gotta have something to tell the therapist. But on top of that, too, I feel like a lot of like I was always really into. I'm. I mean, I wasn't great with like super scary stuff, but I liked creepy things as a kid. And that was a creepy thing. I watched was, Beetlejuice before I was Oh my pregnant. god, absolutely. Like, I saw Beetlejuice when I was really little. Yeah. And I loved it because I really liked creepy things. I was a goth kid. I mean, like, you know, Honestly, so... when you look back on it, especially for uh, those of us encroaching on 40, a lot of the series, we, a lot of the movies we watched as kids were scary as hell when you were kids. Well, a lot of the, also the horror R-rated things from when we were kids became animated series as well. And you're like, <laughs> who thought this was a good <laughs> idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm like, Robocop. <laughs> Toxic <laughs> Avenger. Oh, yeah, these are smart choices. <laughs> no, but I, I'm talking like Ghostbusters. Or, Dude, um, Ghostbusters the animated series was absolutely messed up. Let's not get into that because we have a whole episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about that episode later. But you know, like not only that, but you look at, and we're kind of going off the scary story yeah. topic a little bit, but it relates because you look at a lot of the stuff from when we were younger, and some of it, while was horror, if a kid that age saw it, even though it's a horror film, there's something about it that. They threw in there to kind of appeal to a little kid. Absolutely. Killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. Granted, there are people out there that are scared to death of clowns that are even older than we are. I am totally scared to death of clowns, but Killer Clowns from Outer Space is one of my favorite it's movies. Movie. <laughs> you know, but you know, you talk about like you know, clowns at a circus that are killing people. Well, kids just see clowns at a circus, so that appeals to a kid. Attack yeah. of the Killer Tomatoes. It's a giant tomato. What kid would not want to see that? Yeah. But, you know, so there were things from when we were younger that destroyed us, but that's because they kind of appealed to us in some mm-hmm. ways. Absolutely. Even though they shouldn't have. Yeah. Well, because I also think that as a kid, you don't grasp the entire thing. Exactly. You know, you look at it now and you're catching things in the movie like, you know, Killer Clowns and Rotten Tomatoes, or Killer Rotten Tomatoes, Killer Tomatoes, because I definitely saw Killer both Tomatoes of, from Outer Space? Yeah, I definitely saw both of those movies as a kid, but you don't grasp the entire concept of it. You yeah. just, you know, yeah. so there are things you miss. The, there's a movie, and I can't remember what the name of it is, but there is a movie that I, I remember specifically, I watched, and this goes right off my point. I watched because I thought it was geared to me, and it wasn't. And it was a movie that turned all of Grimm's fairy tales into horror stories, which, in essence, they really were Absolutely. when they were written. What is that movie? I can't remember. I'm going to have to look into it. Oh but I remember gosh. watching it because I thought it was a movie of fairy tales. Yeah. And it was Grimm's fairy tales. See, I watched the fairy tales that were the... I think it was canon fairy tales. It was the canon fairy yeah, tales. Yeah, it was the it was the opposite one to what everyone else watched. The Shelley Duvall ones, yeah. which was fairy oh, tale fairy theater. theater, theater yeah. yeah, and the um the canon ones were actually very creepy. And so honestly, those like again really appealed to me. There was a terrifying like the Hansel and Gretel one. There was the terrifying witch, and I was so scared, but I loved watching it. Um, now going back to scary stories yes, real quick please. because <laughs> we do need to do that. Um, so. Was there any specific story for anybody here at the table or any piece of illustration from that that to this day still creeps them out a little bit? The gaunt woman with like the no eyes. Uh, and I think yeah, maybe yeah. this on the second book. Uh, I think that might be the first one. I think it was, it's Haunted House. Okay, is that Haunted House? Yeah, that, so. I, that sticks in my head. I can still yeah. see that in my head. I don't know what story it's from. I don't I don't remember the story, mm-hmm. but I just remember that it's very gaunt, it's, skeletal it's, woman with no eyes. It's the and... monster that they use for the Big Toe story in the movie. Yes. But that's for the Haunted House in the books. Gotcha. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, I keep going back to Big Toe just because that's one that keeps sticking. That's a story that's always stuck with me. Like I didn't, I wasn't even reminded. It took the movie to remind me that that was from Scary Stories to Tell Yeah. The one that freaked me out, oddly enough, was the Hearst song. I don't know oh, if anybody yeah. remembers that. No, but I, I, ju- I just brought that up because yeah, that's the one I just brought up. It was like an old like it's a, it, it's a song about like basically yeah, it's a wartime song. Yeah. So basically, what actually happens to your body a week after you're dead, mm-hmm. and it's talking about how your body falls apart and all that. So it's and the it's, worms crawling, the worms crawl, the worms swipe the knuckle on your scat on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, but yeah, it's uh, our friends of ours that you'll actually, we'll talk about before the end of this, actually recently did something for Patreon, uh, which is our friends from This Way to the Egress, who you hear their music at the beginning of the show, uh, and they recently did something fun for Scary Stories to Tell in Your Dark, and they actually do a cover of the Hearst song, so it's just really cool. Oh, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. That now makes sense to me, because that, that song plays a big part in the movie, which... I totally had forgotten yeah. until now. Like, I oh just thought, oh, okay, they put that song in there, but I totally forgot that it, it was part of the books. I forgot it was part of the books, too. Yeah. See, I always, I remember the Big Toe one, too. I kept confusing it with another book. We were talking about it. Like, I kept confusing it with, what was the one Aaron and I looked it up? Like, The Green Ribbon, and that was in, yeah. like, um, The Dark Room, The Dark Dark Room and other yes. scary stories. So I kept thinking that was the same thing. I know I read Scary Stories to Tell the Dark, too, but the big one that stuck out was Big Toe. Um, for, yeah, Teach, how about you? Any specific pieces? And you're like, no, nothing creeped me out. Uh, honestly, even as a kid, it, uh, so I'm not a big horror fan, mm-hmm. um, mainly because every time I watch a horror movie, and it was particularly bad in this one, um, the characters do something stupid that pulls me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just movie stupid, but, you know, bonehead stupid. Um, you couldn't even let it go just a little because they're they're kids. They're no, dumb kids. No, because even as a kid, I would have. I don't. I mean, are we spoiling the movie? We're not. Well, we're we're not into the movie discussion yet. Okay. We'll be there in just a second. All right. So for me, even reading the books, it's like, oh, I know how I would get away from this. This isn't scary. You know, I would rationalize it away. It's a doll. Just kick it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't understand why Chucky's a thing. At six years old, I'm pretty sure I have a longer arm than Chucky. So. You got to sleep sometime. Yes, I'm Chucky pretty, doesn't. I'm pretty sure if and I let's... hang him on a hook, he ain't getting down. <laughs> All right, anyway, we're getting yeah. on. <laughs> complete, complete tangent at this point. Yeah, exactly. Lock the door. Ben, why don't you take us into the movie? Uh, yeah, so the movie just recently released, 2019, which, uh, beginning of this month, or was it July? I believe it was end of July? No, it was August. It was August, okay, because we're still in August now. Uh, as August this. 9th was released. Because yes, we only saw it, it two, weeks two weeks ago. ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. But it was like the release weekend, I think. Was I think it was the yes, release weekend. Yeah. It was the opening yeah. weekend of the movie, yeah. uh, in which the five of us went and saw it. And We can spoil the crap out of it, because it's past our two-week market. Exactly. Market. Exactly. By the time this releases, awesome. it's special. So. Yeah, so spoiler full ahead, so no spoiler warning. Well, this is your spoiler warning. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, uh, I think it's... I should have had this information ready, uh, but I think, what was the running time? About an hour and 40? It was close to two hours. Was it close yeah. to two hours? Oh, okay. Wow. Do you have what the rating of the movie was? I'm, I'm going to get that stuff. I think it's PG-13. 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 Which makes sense. Um, but, I mean, you know, other than that, it's it's basically a a compilation of 
kind of like a greatest hits, but like yeah. not even. Like it, it was they picked different stories from the book series. And not just from the first book either. There no, were, I mean like Harold, was... which is like the what they kicked the movie off of, which is one of the most well known, uh yeah. was from Scary Stories Three. Yeah. Um, you know. Um but I mean, for the most part, like even like I think the red spot, I believe, was from like the third book as well. And and basically, yeah. I think what they did, and I think and I think this is something that they did right with the movie too, was they took one story from the book and they kind of used that as the centralized story to tie everything together. And then they kind of branched off into all these different stories from the books. And the beauty of it is too, with so many stories coming from these books, is that we can get more. There's definitely options and availability to make a second movie. Yeah, I think the way they ended it felt like that. I yeah, think. I think so, too. Because yeah. I even asked when we left. I was like, think we'll get a sequel. And every one of you were like, yep. Absolutely. Like, no question about it. But, I mean, you know, as far as the movie goes, just this is me personally, and we'll go around the table as to what everybody thought about it. I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't read the stories in probably two decades, if not mm -hmm. longer. Um all I knew was this was something I wanted I wanted to watch for two reasons. One, because we were going to be talking about it on the podcast, obviously. And two, nostalgia. I wanted to see what would come back. And in watching this movie, even though I hadn't read these stories in so long, man, the notes hit with the stories that they had. The Big Toe, you know, the Worms Carlin, you know, the Hearst Song, uh, the Gangly Man. All these things came back. And even the Red Spot... There were certain points that I even asked you, I was like, did you think this was going to affect this person? You're like, yeah, absolutely. So even there were stories that were coming about that reminded me of the stories from when I read them. And then there were little hints of stories that were yet to come in the movie that made me anticipate when they were going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. I really like the fact that they put it in the 60s. Because when you when you move into a decade like that, it then becomes kind of timeless. Yeah, you know, because then you can watch it at any point. But it's also yeah. kind of like, how do we be political about now without seeming like we're being political about now? And like, just talk about the generation that was just like this one. That's, you know? That uh -huh. was correct. I, yeah, yeah, I it was kind of like startling to see the similarities, right? And I actually thought that yeah, because you're not going to divide because you're talking about something that happened in the past. So uh -huh. it's weird that you say that too, because I almost forgot that it took place in the '60s because of how similar. Everything that was happening in that movie is to today. Right? Yeah. That was scary. That's but if scary. they focused on the timeless aspects, like Aaron was saying, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. TJ, you've been you've been <laughs> waiting to no, give us your Well, no, because we like... can say something positive and you can say something negative and then we'll say more positive things. Is this why you're trying to liquor him up so he's a little bit nicer? <laughs> no, 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 that's not gonna work. It'd be, it'd be the wrong way to do that. Um Oh, God, this was a... They telegraphed every scare, every stupid... <laughs> it's a little, kid's movie. Uh, no, it's not. A PG-13, no children are getting it, in this. It's a young adult's movie. Actually, they can. I know people that did take their kids. Well, yeah, I know, but they're not supposed to. No. You can. You can. Well, no, whatever. It's not illegal. Yes, but a kid can't go by himself. That's... Okay, that's the truth. So it's not a kid's movie. A kid's movie is G. And let me tell you, that probably might have been better. <laughs> I mean, could, the, the, tell us how you really feel. Adults were stupid. I mean, for the love of Christ. I'm going to preface. I think TJ is the only one at this table that didn't enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. The acting was good. Like yeah. the, the, the kids the, acted their faces the, the, off. Yeah, oh my God, the kids obviously thought they were in a different movie. Oh, oh God. Okay, because they were acting like they were going to win an Oscar for this. Okay. 
the adults realized they were getting a paycheck. <laughs> Honestly, there really weren't that many adults in it. They I'm were very talking sp- about the sheriff specifically. Oh, God. Hey, you yeah, leave Gilbellas alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stand here and shoot the creature that is moving and reforming itself. He was pretty terrible, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the acting was great, and I agree that setting in the 60s was a great idea because it gets rid of the problems of, hey, we've got a cell phone. Yeah. Um, get it, you know, though I will say, you know, the, the, the walkie-talkie trope is sort of... I don't know about you guys, but I couldn't get my walkie-talkie to work over four feet, and these people are using walkie-talkies across towns. Well, I mean, also, uh, it's purely <laughs> dependent on the type of walkie-talkies. Like, the ones that you get from, like, KB Toy Stores when in the 1980s barely made it across the house. Yeah, yeah, they were using, like, CB-type they, Yeah, they probably, but they were yeah. they legitimate, kid, at least. You know. it, it was one of those, how many kids, you know, had those in the 60s? And it just seems to be a recurring trope, and I've noticed it since Stranger Things. Everybody seems to use walkie talkies. Hey, Stranger Things <laughs> use those walkie talkies for something big and important. Yeah, and that was singing the Neverending Never Story. Yeah. Oh no, no, it was great. But God, I'm just that was saying, a treasure. <laughs> it was wonderful. But you know, once you got into the horror aspects, you could have plugged in. And there, except for the using the illustrations to create the monsters, yeah. you could have plugged in anything here. It could have been a vampire. It could have been Frankenstein, and it wouldn't have made any difference. <laughs> well, I mean, on that note, too, because I, mean, I agree with you, the jump scares were kind of telegraphed. But that, to me, I'm so desensitized to horror that jump scares never get me. The last movie that even made me jump at all was 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I've seen a bunch of horror movies in, okay. in theaters. So real quick. Kat, you felt differently about mm-hmm. a lot of that as far as With the, what? the scares to that movie. Oh, yeah, I was terrified, but I'm a huge wuss. So, <laughs> you know, I adored the movie because it was I because it was very creepy. I really loved the monsters, but whenever Guillermo del Toro is involved in making monsters, they will terrify the ever-loving bejesus out of me. And that will wreak havoc on me. Like, I, I still can't rewatch Pan's Labyrinth for that reason. Because Pan Labyrinth, Pan's Labyrinth, the monsters were so creepy that I was like, no. Well, the, yeah, go ahead. I was saying the best thing about that, too, and I think the, the reason they are so creepy is because they're done, they're not done di- digitally. There's, oh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of CGI. It was all practical. It makes such a huge difference. Yeah, with, really with the exception does. of a couple yeah. shots, I think everything was done practically. Yeah. Which is pretty cool to see. Well, when they did the gangly man, that actor was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was practical effects the whole time. He was not happy about that. He was like, I better be getting paid double. <laughs> yeah. You're going to put me back together, right? Um, you know, but I mean, the thing about Guillermo, too, is uh, like his his creations, whether they're scary or not, are gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're a piece of art. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you look at Shape of Water at the same time, which was that, not yeah. a horror movie. Yeah. But the, the, the creature from Shape of Water was a beautifully created creature. Yeah. And it was also in Hellboy, but he denies that. But anyway. <laughs> Are you telling me that that's not the prequel to Hellboy? I keep saying it is, but he, he denies it. It's like, no, not the same creature. I'm like, you're telling me that's not Abe Sapien. <laughs> sure. It looks exactly like him, and it's the same actor playing him. But okay, it's not a, it's not a prequel to Hellboy. But yeah, I mean, that was the one thing we didn't mention at the top of the movie discussion, is that Guillermo was the, behind the helm for this movie. No, he wasn't the director. He was the producer. Oh, he was, he was a producer. He, he, was, cre- he did the creatures. He helped. He well, his he helped with production. Oh, that was yeah. it. Yeah, it was. It I was. He directed too. Oh no, no. Well, no, that's right. No, no. 
Okay. But even him having a hand in it, like it's gonna, they're good. The monsters are gonna be creepy and they're gonna terrify me. He's one of those people that has a signature that it, even if he's just involved in it, you can tell. It's, it's, you know what it's gonna be. It's like kind of thinking of how everybody, I think, down the road will view this is a Guillermo del Toro movie in the same way that everybody's like Tim Burton directed the crap out of Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm like, yeah. you didn't direct that movie. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I was like, he was a producer on that movie, just but that was it. And yeah. it's it's almost how like a lot of people call uh, From Dust Till Dawn a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'm like, no, that's Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Quentin helped write it, but so yes. you, he has his influence on it, but he did not direct the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar. That's how Guillermo's going to come off with this movie too. I guarantee. Yeah, because yeah. it definitely has his his. His style is all yep. over it. All yeah, over. absolutely. Um, any big major kind of positive takeaways from the movie? Oh, I mean, I thought it was really compelling. I think the framework that they used to integrate all the short stories worked really, really effectively. It's rare to be able to pull off an anthology that's tied together. Yes. Like, I but, think... And we're going to talk about another one in another episode, too, in Goosebumps. Yes, yeah. we are. Um, and that's a little bit more... Loose, but yeah, kind of. And that's a little bit more family friendly than. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Than what this is. Way more family friendly. I was like, when you said that, I'm like, we're gonna talk about trick or treat. I thought we were doing family friendly. <laughs> and I'm like, I'd be fine doing an entire episode on trick or treat, but I, I, I have a feeling people will be confused about which show they're listening to. Yeah. yeah. And just for the record, by family friendly, we mean good. Hey, <laughs> you're not invited back on any future episode. No. <laughs> no, we like the opposite, yeah. but that's the, one of the reasons. Why I mean, we're going to do one that's Hocus Pocus and the Witches, too. I mean, yes. Oh, both of those movies are amazing. Um, my biggest takeaway from this movie was apparently if you're not related to a patient in a, in a mental ward, you can still take them out even without the parents' permission. 60s. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. yeah. Apparently you just walk right in and take anybody you want. Speaking of mental ward. Yes. <laughs> okay, so being as we're all in, you know, Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah, Eastern Pennsylvania, there was a huge shout out to Penhurst. Oh, oh yeah. In here. And it wasn't a huge shout out to Penhurst. It was Penhurst. It was Penhurst. Yeah. That was awesome. Which I thought was one of the cool things. And and you know, having been there and 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 so forth, like at one point they go down into the tunnels to yeah. go into the the what's called the red room, which is like the records room. And I'm sitting there going, I've been in those fucking tunnels. Excuse my language. Family friendly. Family friendly. We're gonna have to bleep the first time. <laughs> in, you know, no, any podcast. I don't feel like it. <laughs> I'll do it. Children, what I just said was a very bad word. (laughs) Then you should go ask your parents what it means. (laughs) Also, the fact too, we're also drinking, so that's true. true. That's very true. But yeah, that I that put a huge smile on my face when when I saw Penhurst assigned. I I know that was so yeah, that's really cool. It it made me think like like they're in Mill Mill City, correct? Uh, It's like New Mill. Like New Mill City, so it made, it made me think. Okay, is it Millersville? Which I think is the, so. You know, is that and that's because you asked me that in the theater yeah. real quick, and we're like, wait, is this Millersville? And I'm like, it may very it well be. Yeah, well, which it, I thought was it really could cool. have even been a fictional city because they did travel via bus to get to Penhurst, so they could have come from anywhere. That is true. I just was kind of putting two and two together. Yeah. Like, if you're traveling from bus, it would be yeah. about an hour and a half from Millersville and stuff like that. And I was like, well, maybe that's what they're trying could to put this in. Yeah. yeah. But and, I thought that was really cool. And I don't know if it was advertised, but until they showed Penhurst, I completely didn't realize it was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I was just Except like, Except oh. for the fact that they mentioned it. And a couple <laughs> times. What, that they were in Pennsylvania? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, apparently I, I was asleep for those the, because I was asleep for most of the movie. That's fine. I you were asleep. Cat was pretty much in Rob's lap for the entire <laughs> yeah, movie. Like, this is you being so asleep scary. explains why you didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so boring. <laughs> I will say, I think they did an amazing job, though, of for having a PG 13 movie where you can't have blood and gore. 
Uh, you did a really good job of making sure the suspense stayed built up, yeah. though, at part, like, yeah. you know, specific times. And again, it's not, again, to TJ, I mean, it's not built for really an adult audience, but it, it, adults can definitely enjoy it. I mean, like, everybody here, you, you <laughs> too, did enjoy the movie. But, I mean, I'm saying is, I think that suspense really works well if it's a family or a young adult yeah. going to see this because it stays and holds still. Yeah. Because even with all of that, it still had all of us still feeling like on the edge. And I'm like, okay, it's going to happen. I mean, like sometimes the payoffs and stuff like that weren't like, oh dear God. But like there was enough of them that felt creepy and yeah. got under your skin a little bit and it kind of worked just the right way. Well, it's funny because I feel like I went through two separate dichotomies. Like the night before, TJ and I at like 11 o'clock at night watched it. Because he had never seen it. We're going to go see the new one coming out. Me too. So excited. And then the next day we went and saw this. And I felt just on as on the edge during That's it really as I good. did during this movie. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I'm not a big fan of, of blood and gore. I hate the idea of gore porn and, yeah, and that kind yeah. of, of thing. But, like, so there's one part where Harold comes after the kid and stabs him with a pitchfork. And mm-hmm. instead of having blood, it's straw coming out of him. I thought that was really I clever. thought that was so cool. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, if I was a kid, I think I would have I would have been just as scared as I was. But more okay with that. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's... This is why probably people challenged the book as much as they did. Because Scary Stories 3, if anybody remembers Harold at this table... I, I never I don't. read that one. So... Two people are picking and basically abusing the scarecrow in the field. The scarecrow comes alive and skins them. Oh, God. He skins them and leaves their skin out to dry out overnight. That's what happens in the book. Oh, God. For children. (laughs) Challenge. I would really like to know who uses that type of scarecrow in a cornfield. I mean, seriously. That was... Like, if I drove past that scarecrow, I'd go, oh, hey, look, a crazy person lives on that farm. Yeah. No, pretty much. <laughs> dealt with many scarecrows in your life, TJ? What? Have you dealt with many scarecrows in your life? Actually, I've dealt with a couple. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Batman characters don't count. Uh, okay, then only two. Okay. <laughs> Wizard of Oz doesn't count. <laughs> Still two. Down the one. <laughs> no, I used to live in Boyertown. There were a couple of cornfields out, out that there. way that had scarecrows. And oh, they, I mean, they're... Yeah. From where we are now, there yeah. you can find fields just I mean, in my job. Probably, like, you can throw a stone in yeah. yeah. the like, we're, we're, we're 25 minutes from Amish country, guys. I yeah. mean, like, it's not far. There are fields in Westchester. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it's and the scarecrows there always looked at least normal. But here's the here's the difference, though, between the scarecrows there and the scarecrow from uh, Scary Stories Time of Dark. It's a movie. <laughs> I, I, I know, but I still wouldn't mess with it because I'm an intelligent person. Her- Harold actually really reminds me of when I used to work at, at Bates Motel and Haunted Hayride. I used to work a lot in the corn maze, and they had oh, just really? scarecrows all throughout there. Some were real people and some were not. And the ones that were not really actually kind of reminded me of Harold, and I would definitely, like, yell at them as I walked by getting to my spot because I hate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. That would creep me out. Well, that scarecrow is very creepy. It's one of those things you look at and you go, you know who, you, you realize that this town has had this house in it for what? Uh, what was it? 60, 70 years? 100 years? Something like that? Yeah, pretty much. Right. And nobody had found this room or this book until these five morons showed up. Well, look, <laughs> apparently draft dodgers are more intelligent than everybody else. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was actually pretty cool to, to bring that, that in that. To bring I want in you that. to think about that too. statement for a minute. I don't, yeah. 
I actually thought that was really cool to bring that part into it, just like a really subtle nod to why he was and what was going on in that time. Absolutely, yeah. and I and it took me a few seconds when he said the the you know the I can't remember the kid's name or Ramirez like is it. I don't remember. It I can't either. remember his yeah. name. But like the the cop comes up and is kind of really jerky to him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just following the harvest. And I was like, okay. And then it took me a few minutes to be like, he's telling him he's a migrant worker and he's following. Uh, yeah. I did not put that together. Uh, yeah, it took me a little while to really put that together. But I thought I just thought there were really cool nods to political yeah. statements that would. I thought so too. I thought they made across. they made a lot of good points with things and pointed out certain things that. Is not it's not going to get everyone's hackles up because it was in the '60s. So people, but it's stuff that's still prevalent today. Yeah, absolutely. What did you find, Dean? Okay, so I was looking up the guy's name. His name is Ramon. Oh, but yeah. I'm looking down the okay, cast cool. list. Yeah. And it's Matt Smith as Mr. Steinberg. <laughs> not that Matt. Smith. Not that, not that Matt Smith. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, wait, I don't remember Doctor Who being in this movie. Yeah. yeah right. So I looked. It's a voice actor. <laughs> okay. That's funny. But I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I guess that's pretty much wraps up the conversation. On yeah, the movie. I mean, I mean and, unless anybody else has any final any, things any to mention about scary should, stories. The question is, should we rate it? <laughs> I don't know. This is our first episode of this, so I don't know what you want to do. I don't see do. a problem in giving a rating to it. Um, okay. TJ's rating doesn't count. TJ's rating absolutely counts because you know it's an it's an average. What is the rating scale? What is the rating scale? Do we want to use the same? Well, we can't use this the same exact scale we use for our other podcast. Let's go through one through five. One one being the worst, which is what we know TJ is going to give it, and five being the best. I have dragged TJ's to some really bad horror movies and made him watch horror movies. One horror movie actually got up in the middle of it. We were home and he goes, "I'm going to go fold laundry." So I know this is not... Never watch Unfriended. <laughs> but bad horror movies, and this is something we could talk about in a, in a future episode or a different podcast, rather. Yeah. Uh, bad horror movies are sometimes the best horror movies. They really, movie. really are. are. They're wonderful. No, the but, one that broke him was The Gallows. It was fantastic, and oh, it's so right. bad. <laughs> I forgot about The Gallows. That's okay. What they just announced that, what is Attack of the Killer Donuts? Yes, I was just going to bring that up. There's, there's a difference between a bad movie... Like an absolute okay. B-rated, right? B-rated. Like for example, I love the movie Oscar. And so do I. Yeah, but it's not a good movie. It's a funny movie, and I enjoy it. But it's not a good movie. No, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. And then there's bad movies. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, there's there's a difference between, you know. Like I said, I, I personally just don't believe that there is... Sometimes the, the, the best horror movies are the worst horror movies. Mm. Or sometimes the worst horror movies are the best horror movies. I'll, I'll, let me first yeah. that. So, uh, yeah. So, you know. And we just learned a valuable lesson in that you have to be very careful when a black cat crosses your path. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> let's go around the table and we'll give sure. a one through five ranking of the of scary stories. And then probably next episode we'll come up with an actual witty yeah, yeah. rating scale. Something a little, something Could a little be different. the boost scale. Well, maybe. <laughs> one, one, one drink, one I still remember this movie. Two drinks, I, I'm only going to remember part of it. Three, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, we'll start with the, we'll start with the guest of the podcast first. 
Uh, we'll, we'll start with TJ, since we know it's going to be relatively on the lower end, but on a scale of uh, 1 to 5. I'm going to give it a 2. Because like I said, the, the kids were great actors. Um, when it wasn't being a horror movie, I thought it was pretty good. And every time it introduced the horror elements, apparently everybody just lost their goddamn mind. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's that's the premise of most horror films. <laughs> I, I mean, it left them completely. That's, that's the premise of most horror Intelligence films. left the door. Aaron. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it a four. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it was the best movie I've ever seen. I don't think it was the best horror movie I've ever seen. I wish this movie was around when I was a kid because I think I would have really liked it. Um, it probably would have scared the hell out of me. Uh, but yeah, four. I think that's good. Um, yeah, I think I'm there with four too because like it was a lot of fun and it was really creepy and I thought they just did a really fantastic job. The kids were great. Like their acting was phenomenal. Um, also, out of four. Um, I, I generally think that it's rare to find a good Halloween-esque film for a young adult slash new adult audience, which yeah. is not like a gore fest or things like that. And ones that you could see at least standing the, the test of time for at least over a decade or so. And I think this movie has a chance to do that. I can because see it sticking it, around. So much of it being practical, the fact that it's set in a different time frame, so mm -hmm. it... It doesn't. It made itself dated without being dated, which is smart, and I think that was the right way to do it. And I, I think, you know, you go back and watch like Hocus Pocus, as much as we all love that now, and when we get to that, we'll talk about that a little bit. But it's like, it's hard not to say, wow, that is some '90s ass clothing, like you know, like <laughs> oh lord, and, and '90s ass acting, yeah, but oh, I mean, and '90s ass oh. bullies too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Even just some, um, because what? The kid Max was from California. Yeah. And like the comment that it's like, the oh, tubular, it's so like, oh, yeah. And so like the dude Ice with like the, his name shaped in the back of his head. And like oh. these were all very, very sad little <laughs> 90s tropes. But yeah. like, you know, but this one, like, you look at it and you, I think people won't see those things there. And I think that is why it might be able to last. Yeah. yeah a good I agree long completely. Long, for sure. I'm um, giving it a four as well. I mean, we're, you know, with the exception of TJ, we're, we're in the same board. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. I agree that the acting was, was, was great from all the characters. Jump scares didn't get me, but that's because they usually don't. So, you know, I, even, even with it that you mentioned, there was one very particular jump scare in the garage. Oh, God. Didn't make me jump because I'm just. I You're dead inside. Right? No. <laughs> no, you've seen one jump scare. You've seen every jump that's scare. That's not that's true. That's not that true. Is far from true. Because there are still horror movies that make me jump. It's rare, but it happens. All my brain can think of is the cat in Community in the one Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with this cat. cat. <laughs> and then Jeff Winger, you're stretching it. <laughs> um... Wow, Halloween episodes of shows. That was another episode we could do, too. Yeah, yeah, we definitely definitely could. We'll get there. We, yeah. I think we have everything for the season. I think we do. Out, so but we we're, we're talking about potentially doing a season two next year, too. So it's fine. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, and I kind of throwing in, I throw it in the same category as Goosebumps, which we'll talk about later, but also um, A House of the Clock Lens Walls, which is, it's geared for young adults, but uh, older adults can enjoy it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think this is something that kind of goes along the lines of the way that Ben and I work with DC. Does anybody have any other ghost-friendly movies that kind of go into play that anybody wants to recommend to anybody before we close out? 
trying to think. Like there are a lot of really cool '80s Halloween movies, like Casper the Friendly. Like I was going to say, Casper yeah. the Friendly. Casper's good. <laughs> Don't you dare! Oh no, I love Casper. Okay. The Halloween that almost wasn't is a really good one. Well, that's I mean, a, we'll get into yeah. stuff like that later. But I mean, I'm thinking that's why more ghost oriented. More ghost oriented. Okay. But if not, it's okay. Because if not, we'll all just say, just go watch Casper. Like, go watch Casper. Oh, watch Casper. I have, I have a good one. It was one of my favorites growing up. It's called The Child of Glass. And it's yeah. a Disney movie. It's when Disney did a ton. Remember they used to do those, it was like a 70s movie. Disney had all of these Oh, it's like you go back actions. to like Darby O'Gill yeah. and Little it's People and the Glass, Mr. Boogity. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. God, Mr. Boogity. Um, but the, but the Glass, it was called, it's like The Child of Glass or The Glass Child. And it's yeah. this little boy and his family move into a plantation. And the little girl who was killed during like civil war time appears to the little boy and oh, you creepy. find out that she fell down the well and oh, her, God, doll, her doll got stuck in the well and they find the doll it's really good and scary as hell and i loved it you know what oh, around this too i'm gonna bring up another classic one too because it fits this theme the watcher in the woods <gasps> i was just thinking that <laughs> it's another another creepy weird disney halloween yeah. kind of movie that's disturbing disney did a couple of those where it was just and like it terrified me as a child yeah Narek. Yes. Remember, she keeps like, yeah. The um, it's not ghosts, but it is monsters. Coraline, like, oh, it's God. got the same type of vibe where it's that whimsical, hey, creepy. We're I think we're talking one. about that. I think yeah. we're going to be doing oh, an episode of Coraline. Yes, so nice. yeah, so we we'll, we'll probably be publishing our, our our chapters for for this season probably when we release this episode. So. But yeah, we'll get into those. Um, do you have any last ones? Uh, or are you good? The, the only other ones I can really think of, and they're not scary at all, is <laughs> but I love them nonetheless, are the Scooby-Doo movies. Whether you go oh, animated or live yeah. action. Because the live action ones were, da- were done by James Gunn. A lot of people don't remember that. <laughs> the same guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy did Scooby-Doo. Did he do the first and the second one? Yes, he did. He worked on both of them. The first one has its issues. The second one's my favorite, though, because it goes through all those original ghosts. Yeah, exactly. It goes through... Oh, it it touches awesome. more on the the actual cartoon rather than being an original story. Oh, people can watch the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Well, they actually just released an animated movie that uh, that finally introduces who the 13th ghost was. They oh, ended really? the series as a special movie. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to have to go back and check I that know. out. That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mar- Maurice LaMarche, uh, who was the brain, actually comes back to voice Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Going to have to check that out. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But our, uh, for the most part, our glasses are empty. Which Our I think glasses is- are empty. We're yes. under an hour still, so it's now time to say goodbye. I think it's a good time to, to wrap things up on this first episode of the podcast. Yeah. So just a reminder, uh, make sure to head over to probably actually just in the next level Facebook page, I would assume it's probably going to be because there's no reason to make a special page just for eight episodes. Yeah, just so. go to uh, facebook.com slash the next level network where you'll be able to find all the episodes. Uh, the next level network.com slash still afraid is going to be, it'll be set up by the time you're hearing this. So, and uh, yeah, the videos will be posted all on the Facebook page. So, and we can probably link them on the Facebook page too, yeah. or on the, on the website yeah. as well. So, remember uh, to look for the recipe on how to make uh, the red spot. Uh, so, and obviously, the reason that the drink was the way it was is. The real version will have frozen red at the very bottom of the glass. Then it's kind of like a skin tone with black rum floating on top. So we have our pimple, skin tone, and spiders. So, and it was mighty tasty. So that was I'm not going to lie. It was really good. Uh, but also a big special thanks to our good friends at This Way to the Egress for providing our music. Please visit them over at 
this way to the egress, and that's called egress.com. And that's where you can find out their, uh, finding their music. You can support their band via the merch store or through their Patreon. Uh, especially right now, because I know they've got something cool they're doing with uh, classic scary stories. So definitely now a good time to go sign up for that Patreon. And of course, special thanks to our first guests of our first episode. Erin, oh, uh, TJ, and Kat. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this first episode. Yeah, and we'll be back with Chapter 2, Tale of Sleeping Hollow. Nice.